It's easier to talk to a child before all the hormones kick in. They're asking questions and they're asking us questions and they're believing us. That if you wait until the talk, you will be the last person in line that your children hears from. We are not having one conversation. We are having many conversations. You're listening to a special series on having the talks because one just isn't enough. You can now grab the newest card deck for parents and children by going to www.havingthetalks.com. Dear young married couple, do you want to be the one to set the parameters around the conversations on sex and sexuality with your children? Well, today we are talking about how it's never too early to start talking and having the talks. Yes, and we got to interview Mary Flo and Megan of The Birds and the Bees. It's a fantastic resource that the two of us have been following for several years. So many nuggets of wisdom. They've got so much good stuff, so many real things to do with your kids right now. Mm -hmm. So if you have toddlers or even if you have young kids and you haven't started talking about sex and sexuality and development, this is an episode for you to tune into. Absolutely. Everyone will glean from this episode. Welcome Mary Flo and Megan to the podcast. We're so honored that you're with us today. So excited. Thank you. Absolutely. We're so happy to be here. Yeah. Aww. Well, we have been following the birds and the bees for a while. We love what you guys do. And we're excited to dig into this conversation today about how we can talk about sex without necessarily talking about sex at a young age um, when our children are young. So we're going to dive right on in. Yeah. We're very excited. When we found your Instagram, we were just like, oh, there's people out here talking about this. And <laughs> this, is, this is so awesome. Yes. So yeah, we're very excited to have you on. And um, this topic is, I know uh, it's going to reach a lot of parents and I know that a lot of parents want it. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're just so just honored to have you guys on yes, the podcast. Yes, thank you. Yeah. All right. So first question for you guys. I know you guys are advocates of starting young with your children. Um, and, you know, I don't know if you have an age range that you discuss for how young, uh, when we start discussing concepts of sexuality, conception, etc. But uh, Mary Flo, will you kick us off with how you would uh, describe this importance to a young parent who has maybe toddlers and they're trying to figure out like, why is it important that I start young? Well, actually, the, the it's the easiest time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the first, the first poll is it's easier to talk to a child before all the hormones kick in. So in, on You're one so hand, right. it's easier. On, uh, and the second point is that's when they're asking questions. They've got some great questions at this age. Mommy, how is that baby getting out of there? Daddy, how did that baby get in there? So they have the questions. They're curious about their own bodies, other people's bodies, relationships. Mm-hmm. They, they just have so many questions. So it's actually really good to meet them in that questioning age rather than postponing it until you're ready to talk. And so we really try to get parents ready before they think they need to be ready so that they can actually um, do that. And we like to ask parents to be proactive and not reactive. Mm. I love that. If they have all of this information right there in, you know, all the bullet points, all the things they want to say, then when it comes up, it seems very natural. Instead of saying, well, we'll talk about that later. We don't say that (laughs) about almost anything else. So there's no reason to say that about this either. So we just try to coach parents who have young children to say, be ready and start young and then keep the conversation going. 
Yes. So good. That's why I love your, the name of your podcast so much, you know, dear young married couple. It's like, Hey, that is who we want to talk to. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Married couple. Um, Yep. Flo said, we want to get ahead of this. And so often with this topic, by the time you think you should be talking to your kids, it's like a little too late. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. young married couples, we are here for you. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Well, they're listening in for sure. They are. And I think a question that we would often get in response to that is, well, what about my kid who's not asking the questions? Mm. Because, you know, there are all different types of kids. And mm-hmm. I think growing up, that was what my mom probably saw because yeah. Crusoe was over here like, <laughs> well, how does blah, blah, blah? What is, you know, asking all, all the questions. All of them. She never stopped. <laughs> but I was over here like, you know, just taking the back seat, like, oh, I got no questions. <laughs> right? So how would you respond to parents who say like, my kid's not asking question. So when do I start and why? Well, just because you're not asking questions doesn't mean you're not curious. Mm -hmm. So there are children who are silently curious, but not for some reason comfortable asking questions. Mm -hmm. So if you're ready as a parent, or you think your children are maybe getting a little bit behind, I mean, not behind, but just sort of like most of their age group knows this information, but my child doesn't then we have like the magic question. And that is, Mm. sweetheart, have you ever wondered exactly how a baby gets out of there? Nice. Like like you just, you let them know that you're ready to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes children, children are very protective of parents. Mm. They do not want to put their parents in an uncomfortable situation. Mm. And so what, what you want to do is let them know, I'm ready to tell you, have you ever wondered this? And um, just so that they know this is an okay topic. So would you kind of use that? Have you ever wondered as like a sentence stem almost like for any topic? So you Mm -hmm. use the example of how does a baby get out of there? You know, have you ever wondered how does a baby get? But you could use that for any topic. Oh, yeah. I think you can use that conversation. um, How that baby got in there. Have you ever wondered how where babies come from? Mm -hmm. Ready to dive in. Have you ever wondered why? Um, or have you ever wondered how the doctors knew that the baby was going to be a boy and not mm. a girl? There That's you good. go. Yeah. Wondered, um, how a baby, you know, so there's so many questions. Um, mm-hmm. that but that have. STEM is so useful. Yes. 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 Oh, I love that. Phrases. Once you start using it, you're like, oh, I, I say this all the time now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's fantastic. So how old are your kids, Megan? Um, I have three and they are eight, six and three. Nice. You're right in the middle of all of these developmental conversations happening. Yeah. Okay. I have to like put my money where my mouth is and I have to actually do what I'm telling you guys to do. Yes, (laughs) for sure. So tell us how that was for you with maybe starting with your eight-year-old when, when your eight-year-old was really young. Um, and you know, maybe even too young to really start asking the questions. Maybe they're just, you know, starting to talk, observe, observe. Yeah. Like what were some of the ways that you integrated these concepts uh, and, and basically what we're discussing today, talking about sex without necessarily talking about sex? Um, one of the easiest things to start with, well, I say easiest for some, it's easy for some, it's very difficult, but one of the first things you can start doing is using anatomically correct words for body parts. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Say it again. Yes. Yeah, say it again. <laughs> Penis and vagina. Um, and you say those words and you say those words and you say those words. Yeah. Those, um, introducing that term 
or those terms um, from a very young age is very critical for these conversations. And yes, we say this all the time. And so there's typically one of two responses, one of like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally on board. That's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Or to the other, um, the other half is like, we like to call the people, a lot of people are very comfortable with what we call wingy wingy words. And, uh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. The nicknames yeah. of body parts, right? Totally. And oh, man. Got a whole list of every single one we've heard and there are crazy names out oh. there. Um, but that is a really great place to start with young kids. And mm-hmm. honestly, for you to start with yourself as an adult, to be like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are married, say, okay, guys, guys, if you're married to one person, <laughs> plural. Um, this is something that's really important. I feel like we should start doing this with our kids. Let's start. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, for some people, it is, it's a really big hang up. Of like, mm-hmm. I can't fit that word out. Um, but really, the first and foremost, it's very important for their safety. Mm-hmm. And if you talk to any sexual abuse expert, they will tell you that's the number one thing that we can do as parents to protect yeah. our kids. That's and right. so we feel very strongly about this point. Um, mm-hmm. What it also does is just lays um, a, com- a basically a conversation foundation for future conversations. It gives you language. It gives you vocabulary words um, to then build on as they're getting older. Um, And something that we're really uh, feel strongly about is bodies and boundaries. And these conversations are, um, they require the accurate vocabulary and our kids need to know, okay, Oh, that's your penis. Your penis penis is a private part. Nobody else can ever touch that. Um, Okay. Let's get our panties on and vagina is a private part. We cover it up. That's good. Without yeah. fail, we always have people say, well, can't you, isn't it a vulva? Can we use the word vulva? And I'm like, if you would like to use the word vulva, please do. Go yes. for it. Yes. <laughs> and like, I just think like I have to say, like, I know that that's the anatomically correct word. <laughs> okay. Yes. But the order. reason we, yeah, uh, not to interrupt, but the reason why we're giving each um, sex one word is because, and the reason we've chosen vagina for the girls is because later on, that's going to be the story of birth and conception. Mm. And so that that's just our logic that with a young child to have mm. all of the words for that they could possibly come up with for either sex. Like these are the ones that later on will lead to the birth story and yeah. conception that story. Totally so makes that's sense. a good reason. Yeah. That's yeah. a really good it reason. Simplifies yeah. your vocabulary because we're having simple conversations with very young kids. Right. Is that the only word you're ever going to use from now till 18? No. I hope you introduce all the different terms. Right. Other body parts for female and male. Yes. But whenever we get pushed back on that, it's like, did you know it's actually called a vulva? Like, <laughs> I did know that. Um, but <laughs> but uh, that's that's why we do that anyway. So yeah, that's all good. That is where can we start with little bitties? So like when my oldest was very young, um, I heard Mary Flo speak for the first time when um, before I had kids, I was a teacher. And so I went to one of her programs. And so I had already had her knowledge in my brain was I was entering motherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I heard her again when Mary Margaret, who's my oldest, was um, like six months old. Okay. And so of course, I like came home from the talk and I was like, you know, changing her diaper or something. And I said something about vagina and whatever. My husband was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, well, this is what we're doing now. Yeah. Why? And this is what I believe. And this is what I've heard. And this is the, you know, these are the studies. And I think this is really important. Mm-hmm. So eventually he came around and got on board. But um, that's a funny story. A while. Oh, <laughs> oh sure. Yeah. yeah totally. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay, Mary Flo, tell us, um, we, we heard Megan's piece about how she was at one of your talks hearing you as a young parent. Tell us how you got started with this passion as maybe as a young parent. Tell us where it all started. Well, it all started when um, I had a four-year-old and a one-year-old. And that was a long time ago (laughs) and about over 30 years ago. But when I was in that stage of life, I was getting questions that um, I didn't know if I could answer like, mommy, how did that baby get in there? How's that baby getting out of there? And because I grew up in a home where this topic was never Mm. uh, approached, I, I wanted to answer, but I didn't know how, and I didn't even know if I should, or if that was actually the right thing to do. So I kind of, Um, was in that stage of life. At the same time, I was offered an opportunity to give a training class on this topic. I resisted, but ultimately gave in and um, said, okay, I'll, I'll try to research this. When I did that, I talked to pediatricians, early elementary school teachers, middle school teachers, people that work with youth in churches. And um, as a result, kind of came up with a strategy that I thought would be effective. But everyone I talked to, like I started in seventh grade and they said, no, 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 this is too late. This is too late. This is too mm-hmm. late. And I was getting down to, you know, second and third grade teachers who were telling mm-hmm. me conversations they were overhearing of children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it kept getting younger and younger. And I thought, okay, so if we want to be the one to tell them, how young does it have to be? And I realized that it was much younger than what we had conventionally thought of as the talk. Mm -hmm. That if you wait until the talk, you will be the last person in line that your children hears from. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to put parents in the front of the line. I wanted them to give, have the power of the first impression. I really wanted to have that with my own children and not let all these other influences really take first, first place. Right. So, but, but on the other hand, you're dealing with a very young child. So you don't want to over-sensualize it. You want to keep it very simple. Mm -hmm. And you know that this is only the beginning. Whereas the the idea of the talk was, let's do this once, let's check it off, and let's be done with this. Mm -hmm. It was almost like a parenting badge of honor. Right. And instead of that, (laughs) yeah, let's let's drop that idea. Mm -hmm. Let's completely abolish that idea. And instead, let's start a conversation. Start it when they're very young, start it with whatever message you want your children to have about sex when they leave your house 18 years later. Like, what's the main thing I hope Mm. they know about sex if Mm. they grow up in my family? So that's really the first step. And then, and that's going to vary from family Mm -hmm. to family. Like you have conservative families, you have liberal families, you have, Mm -hmm. you know, you have different messages that want to go out. We wanted our children to grow up with a biblical view of sex. So uh, the message that we had was sex is a gift from God Mm. intended for marriage. Beautiful. Yeah. It's just one sentence. We want their messages to be one sentence. That's great. You, you, that way you don't forget it because it's Mm -hmm. just, you can't do a whole paragraph. And then from there you go to the basic biology and you apply that basic biology and vocabulary from your message. So Oh, nice. that's a long answer, but it was a long process, <laughs> but you made it so simple mm-hmm. You with that. the one sentence. And, and then this is the next step. And really when you lay it out like that, it is so simple. 
it's not as intimidating right. when you, mm-hmm. instead of the, the awkward conversation at the awkward age, yes. it's the lots of little bite-sized conversations when they're asking, right. but you have to be ready. And that's mm-hmm. the thing. Parents don't know they need to be ready. So we try to get to parents right exactly where you all are with mm-hmm. young marrieds. Nice. Well, we're thankful you got to us. Absolutely. <laughs> For sure. And so, Megan, I might ask you this. Why do you think that parents are so opposed to having these conversations? Like if they know and, and some of them even know the benefits. And, mm-hmm. and why do you think they're still so opposed? Why is that such like a construct that we just can't get around? I think a lot of it is rooted in fear. I think so much, particularly in a Christian culture, I think there is a lot of shame. I think there's a lot of fear around this and then it's just, they're not used to this. You know, Mm -hmm. I think of, I don't want to put a blanket statement, but I, so I think there's lots of Christian homes that did not speak about this at all, except for don't do this. And that was the only conversation. And so I think then you see, you can look at the culture and think, oh my goodness, I don't like that message. I don't like this. You know, I don't want you to watch that show or date this person or, you know, whatever. So I think it's kind of a panic of all the things you don't want them to do, but you're not equipped on how to have conversations. And so you kind of get to this like fork in the road of like, Mm-hmm. I don't know what to say. And so I'm just not going to say anything. And so I think a lot of times um, it's very uncomfortable and <sighs> I think it's really rooted in fear. And um, I think it just kind of holds parents up a little bit of like, well, I don't want to say the wrong thing, or I have no idea what to say, or I don't want to put this idea in their head when they're too young or that's a big one. I don't want them to, um, see something on their computers. I don't want them to, you know, hear from their friends. I don't want them to tell their friends. If I tell them there's mm-hmm. so much fear um, in this realm, I think that's mm-hmm. a big hold up for a lot of parents. Yeah, yeah, it is. And like the other day, Adam and I were just recording a little selfie video on Instagram, just updating, you know, the Instagram community on some things. And we were talking about, I think we were talking about a workshop or yeah. something and we were, we were using the word sex. And our two-year-old and four-year-old are in the back in their car seats. And we had many people, like we weren't even talking about kids at all. We were talking about a marriage retreat or something. And we had people DMing us saying, I just can't help but ask no judgment whatsoever. But are you worried that your kids are going to like say something? They're going to repeat what you're saying. And we're like, and mm-hmm. no, then what? Like they it, may repeat that. <laughs> they yeah. might. But the fear is so strong. And that's that speaks to what you said, Megan. Like their fear is like, what's gonna happen? All the what ifs go through their mind. And and the reality is, even if those what ifs came true, what's the negative consequence of those things? Right. And then I think that's something we say a lot too, is you almost have to retrain your own brain. Penis is not a cuss word. <laughs> yeah. Vagina is not a bad word. Yes. Sex is not a four-letter word. I think so often we kind of have this, um, you know, reaction to hear those words of like, oh, don't say that or don't talk about mm-hmm. that. Right. But really, exactly. not talking about something is sending a very strong message to our kids too. Mm-hmm. And what is that message? Right. That it's um, something that it's not, you know, something that's to be ashamed of or something that's right. <gasps> Or something that mom and dad don't know a lot about. So we, I'm too embarrassed to say something or, or I'm too uncomfortable. Ask a friend. Um, and so instead, we would really just want to empower parents to kind of take back the reins, take back the narrative and be like, you get to teach your kids about this. This is mm-hmm. a gift. You know, we believe that sex is a great thing and it should be something 
that we should talk to our kids about and not right. something that we are just afraid of what everybody else is saying. And so we're afraid to share our voice and values. Right. And they want is to encourage parents to speak up and to start sharing their voice and sharing their values with their own kids. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful. And like you said, that might require a lot of self-work first. Because if they don't know what their values are around it, they don't have a voice around it because there's always been silence around it. Man, how are they going to speak that to their children? Well, and our culture has such a consumer idea about sex, a very casual Mm. idea of, you know, this is something I have an appetite for, so I'll just go out and get it. There's just a casual effect Mm -hmm. there. And then there's also, sadly, among the Christian community, kind of a necessary but not good. and um that's not right either neither of those are a biblical approach Mm -hmm. and so the really the biblical approach is a very high minded or you know just a lofty thought of how wonderful sex is it's not bad and i think but it is supposed to be you know between a man and a woman in a covenant relationship so Mm -hmm. there's there are boundaries we talk about concentric circles, like the beauty is maybe the first thing we talk to kids about. And then just the beauty by God's design, this is a beautiful thing. He said, Mm -hmm. it's not just good, very good. And then the second concentric circle might be the boundaries. Okay. How Mm -hmm. do you keep that beautiful? How do you protect that beauty? It's that those are the boundaries. And then it's the world we live in, which is brokenness. So all those will unfold in conversations, wow. but none of those things can be one conversation, one t- uh, just a one-time shot. And that's where we have messed up for generations is we have said, have you had the talk, the one yeah. conversation? How yeah. can you put all that in one conversation? It has to be an ongoing, developmentally appropriate conversation that's right. as your child matures. Yes. But, but I think parents don't know where to start. So you're here. Oh, <laughs> yes. yes, I love that. It's part of discipleship when we take it out of the realm of the talk and it's it's the talks, plural. It's, you know, having these ongoing conversations throughout their life. Yeah. Then it's, yeah, it's discipleship at that point. Yeah, yeah I like that. I do too. I So Mary Flo, I would wonder, what would you, because I think you said this earlier, um, what would you say to the parent who says, am I putting something in their mind that they're not even thinking about yet? And now I'm getting them thinking about it because mm. I we hear that a lot. And, and so what would you say to that parent? I would say you might that you might be introducing a topic that they haven't thought of before, but you get to choose the parameters of that mm. introduction. You get to make that introduction. So think about how you want that to be. Mm-hmm. Sweetheart, this is a very important thing that we're talking about or how babies are born, the language you choose. That's why we have them start with their message. Are you going to mm-hmm. talk about the beauty of God's design and the wonder of that? Or are you going to act embarrassed? I mean, what, what is your facial expression? Like what, what is your tone? Mm-hmm. And so if you have what we call put on your pediatrician voice, something very calm, <laughs> reassuring, then that's a known, you know, how you talk to them and you can mm-hmm. always circle back because you can know how that conversation ended and you can say, oh, I don't know, I need mm-hmm. to add this part and you can go back. But mm-hmm. if you don't introduce the topic or you, they don't come to you first, you don't know. Yep. You don't know how that went. You don't know yeah. how to circle back. You don't know how that went down. Yeah. So it's, 
yes, you're right. You might be bringing something onto the table that hasn't been on the table before, but you're on, in charge of it. Yeah. So that's, that's the, that's the benefit. I love that. Something so I want to add just like a little bit to that. Please. Is, um, our kids are not wired that way yet. When they are young, they are not sensual beings. They're not hormonally charged. So if right. you have a conversation with a 16 year old, they understand things, they mm -hmm. feel things, they are post-pubescent beings, you know? <laughs> and so it's a very different understanding. When you're talking to very young kids, way pre-puberty, the information that they are receiving, even though it might like be jarring to us to say something like how a baby is made, we might be thinking of, you know, we might say these words out loud. And as an adult, as a, you know, a sensual being, um, post-pubescent, hormonally person, whatever, it's like mm -hmm. we say these words and phrases and like whoosh, all this baggage comes up. That's a really yeah. good point. Good things, bad things, experiences, regret. Yeah. All the associations, so right? Things feelings, you know, so all of this stuff just comes to our forefront of our minds when we're saying this information to our young child. That is not how they are receiving it. And I think we have to remember and separate that as adults. You know, mm -hmm. you say something to a child in a very matter of fact way, and they interpret it in a very matter of fact way. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not thinking, Ooh, how cool. Or that must feel good. Like that, that's not even on their brain. Right. That's right. Brain. They might think gross. Or what? Yeah. Or yeah. Huh? You know, or like, okay, you know, they're yeah. they're factual beings. Very much so. Yeah. You know, think of all the things we explain to kids, you mm -hmm. know, all the questions they ask, and you kind of are like thinking and answering, you know, why, you know, the dog died or why this. And it's kind of like, okay. Oh, yeah. Right. Very matter of fact. Like, right. Very matter of fact. Um, mm -hmm. So I think we could, that's just like a friendly reminder to parents too is, the information you're sharing and all of the things that's coming, bringing up in your head and heart and mind is not the way that they're receiving that information. Yeah. So back to the question of like, are, are we afraid of like we're awakening a child's sexuality by having these conversations? It's like, no, they don't, they don't have that in them yet to even be thinking of right. in a sexual way. That's um, good. Really want to stick to in our birds and bees course is the basic biology with our core, your family's core beliefs. So we're not going into the dangers and pleasures associated with sex. That is not part of these conversations with our young kids. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. But um, yes, yes. Not the little kids. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. That's a good distinction. Yeah. Yeah. The, the matter of fact conversation reminds me of uh, my daughter when, you know, she was riding her bike. She's learning to ride her bike for the first time. And we're taking videos while, while we're riding next to her, have the video going. And, and she goes, mommy, and it's on video. And she's like, my vagina hurts. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it's just matter of fact, it's like saying my elbow hurts, but right. you know, whenever right. the family watched it, it, it has a tone of humor and we're all responding with, you know, our associations with how she said that. Right. You Instead know, of just a body part, but for her, it was just a body part. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, um, t speaking of young children, you guys have some fun demonstrations on your Instagram of ways to, um, share with your children, um, about conception, about, you know, an egg and how it gets fertilized or a seed and how it grows. And it brings me back, Mary Flo, to what you just shared about how you start with the beauty, right? Beauty boundaries and, and then the brokenness. So, 
how are we integrating this idea of the beauty of this process um, from from a young age with these fun uh, like demonstrations that you guys have? Well, I think a lot of that, once again, is the tone is um, that isn't it amazing? This is an amazing thing. But here is how a baby gets started. Think of all the babies that have been made. So you're you're telling them a happy, amazing, beautiful Mm -hmm. story of creation. Yes. And and so that's a lot of it is kind of your wonder and awe at the whole process. And that makes it a happy story instead of covering it up or whispering dark or right. icky. Uh, instead, you want to present like a, a happy story. Uh-huh. So by God's design, a seed and an egg were made to fit together. You know, our husband and wife were made to fit together and a seed and an egg come together. So you mm-hmm. say it very matter of factly, but also very beautifully. But we also back it up into how all living things. Yes. Talk so about you, that. Yes. So that's just at snack time. Basically, I mean, that's just, oh, well, I just cut you an apple, but you know what? There's a part I didn't give to you, but I'm going to open that up. It's called the core. And that's where the seeds are because deep inside of every living thing is part of what it takes to make the next living thing just like it. So cool. Yes. So you take these seeds and plant them. It grows another. No, it doesn't grow a puppy. It doesn't grow a pineapple. It only grows an apple. So you, you start with awesome. Actually today with my grandchildren. We were talking about um, someone in uh, my grandson's um, music class that was a lot younger and that they just had a baby. Was it a baby boy or a baby girl? And, you know, that was a baby girl. So she will grow up to be a bigger girl. And then because he just turned three and then a bigger girl and Mm -hmm. then she'll become a lady a woman, and maybe she'll be a mother and a wife. So you just kind of. Draw That's it awesome. out for them. Yes. You affirm, you affirm this process. And mm-hmm. that's where you just get to kind of jump in and yeah. say things that really aren't very sexual. They're mm-hmm. just affirming the process of, of growth and development. Right. That is so cool. Yep. I love that. Yeah. It's part of your everyday conversation. It's yes. not even a, a planned deal or them asking a question necessarily, but you're taking advantage of something that it's an opportunity to right. to share or more. Maybe, maybe you say, okay, you read the story of Noah. Now, why do you think they had to have two animals? Mm. Why did they have two of each kind? Mm-hmm. Why have you ever wondered? Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So you, just, you just back it up with reinforcement and um, you can bring it up in a lot of different Bible stories. And you can talk about how God reaffirmed his story mm-hmm. of creation in Noah. Yes. That is so cool. Okay. We love hearing these practical examples. So Megan, can you give us a few more, maybe some that you've done with your three-year-old or your older children when they were that young? Um, Some more of those like hands-on, you know. Everyday. Everyday stuff. environment. Yeah. I think, I mean, obviously once you start, as you all know, you have young children too. I mean, we're, they are naked all the time. And so the vocabulary words are used often. Mm -hmm. Um, which we want parents to know, like you should encourage this in um, boundaries and body parts and boundaries are something that we use often. I have a little girl and two boys and I don't know if you guys have boys, but um, boy and a girl. Wild. Yep. Wild. I have two of them <laughs> wrestling all the time. And so um, 
it just allows for repetitive conversations. And like something that we say a lot at birds and bees is we are not having one conversation. We are having many conversations. This is a drip by drip drip approach little by little. And so you might be annoyed that you're having these conversations over and over again, but really look at it as just wonderful opportunities, you know? And so for me, that wonderful opportunity, which sounds so lovely might be like, boys, stop wrestling without clothes on. You have to put your underwear on. We don't ever touch somebody else's penis. Boys, you know, stop doing that. You have to quit your clothes on. Good. Yeah. Do that, uh, I don't know, 10 times a week. Yes. <laughs> but we are over and over and over again um, mm-hmm. reiterating boundaries and using body parts and letting them know good touch versus bad touch. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like that's a conversation that I'm having often in my life right now. Um, and then, of course, you know, seeds and eggs is just a really practical conversations for parents to be having um, in the kitchen, in the garden reading books um, from the library. I think springtime, his lots, carving pumpkins. Those are great opportunities. Um, I remember during the autumn season, you guys had a lot on pumpkins and and you shared conversations that take place between the parent and the child around the pumpkin and the seed. And it's just, it's such a beautiful, again, opportunity to emphasize the developmental process and to normalize that discussion between child and parent. Mm-hmm. And, and I think too, the story of birth is one that comes up a lot with young kids because a lot of people are having a brother and sister being born, or maybe mm-hmm. their teacher's pregnant or you're pregnant or the aunt's about to have a baby, you know, so just really discussing now, you know, the baby's not in mommy's tummy, you know, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. uterus, woo. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Bad word. Um, or people so don't even know the word. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Like, Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just lots of opportunities with little kids and, um, it's just what you're, what we really hope is to have parents with these conversations little by little and drip by drip is to really establish this pattern of trust and communication between mm-hmm. parent and child. Um, and that that just grows and grows over the years because it's really hard to build that pattern of trust and communication when you start like at 14. Mm-hmm. Because yep. that's when they shut down. They don't really want to talk a lot. Mom and dad don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we have right here with these little kids is a little window of they're asking questions and they're asking us questions and they're believing us. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's like, this is the time. <laughs> Go. Right. Yep. right. Mm-hmm. Megan, can you talk a little bit more about the good touch versus bad touch and maybe give an example of, of how you're doing that and what you say? Because I think that that's a very valuable piece that if we could take that on, um, would save a lot of heartache in the future mm-hmm. and awkward conversations in the future. And um, yeah, yeah, talk a little bit more about that. So I think, again, this is, these are conversations that you're layering and you're saying over and over again, you know, so with the bathtub, um, you know, let's get our body parts clean, head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Don't forget to clean your private parts. Let's make sure our vagina is clean. Here's a washcloth. You know, mommy can help you, but remember nobody else can touch your vagina except mm-hmm. for you or mommy if she can help. Or if you go to the doctor uh, for a pediatrician well visit, you know, and most mm-hmm. pediatricians say this nowadays, or at least they do in Texas. I'm sure mm-hmm. it's, um, in California too, but the pediatrician comes in the room and says, okay, sweetheart, doctor, someone says to me looking at your penis. I can only do this because your mommy's in the room. That's mm-hmm. good. That is, yeah. That is like obviously, you know, spoken mm-hmm. down from like the head of pediatrics. Um, and <laughs> as an adult, we know that that's abuse prevention. And yep. that's what yeah. 
Um, but that is not that heaviness is not conveyed to the young child in the room. And what it is just layering over and over again. So they hear that um, expression. And so God forbid something does happen. They know that's not okay. Mm -hmm. And they have a clear boundary and they know what to do. And so if something does happen, um, they know what to do and who to tell. So something that we've done in my family a lot is we talk about this often. I feel like, Um, you know, you never, you know, nobody else can ever touch your private parts. You never look at somebody else's private parts. You don't take pictures of someone's private parts. Um, And so we just kind of, I use these expressions very casually sounds not the right word, but um, very matter of fact. Yeah. 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 Um, And it's just kind of something we say over and over again. And there have been several instances and a lot of this mind you is it is age appropriate for young kids to be silly about body parts. So sure. you're thinking, my son just pulled down his brother's pants. Oh my goodness, something's wrong. Like that's very normal. But we can right. still speak to it. Yes. yes. What you're doing is training, essentially training your kid to use their voice mm-hmm. and um set boundaries for their own body. So we were at a friend's house and um the kids were all playing upstairs, the parents were downstairs and all this stuff. And I think later on that night my daughter came downstairs and was like, Mom, you know, so-and-so took a picture of their private parts on the iPad mm. and she knew that was a boundary. Now when the parents go upstairs. It was you know, a little boy pulled down his pants and she showed his bottom and took a picture of the iPad. Like, <laughs> was it horrific? No, you know, yeah. not at all. However, it could have been. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's one of those things. Nothing could have been said. You right. Know, they, they thought that was if you silly, hadn't created that space. Right. Mm-hmm. And they, we yeah. could have moved on. Well, then maybe the next time something else would have happened or maybe mm-hmm. a year later, something else would have happened. And so in that moment, it was just a re- good reminder for me to be like, okay, this is working. Mm-hmm. I have created this language and these boundaries in my child's brain and vocabulary to say, hey, I know that's not okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell my mom. <clears throat> and again, I use that example because <clears throat> thank the Lord, it was a fairly innocent example. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Nothing was um, upsetting or abusive or anything like that. But right. there's so many things that can be. And mm-hmm. it was good to me of like sometimes these phrases you say a lot are seemingly simple things. You're like, am I, I think I'm doing the right thing. I don't yeah. know. Um, yeah. But you it was to see the fruit of your labor there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, hey, she, because the, unfortunately the thing with abuse is, <clears throat> excuse me, a young child will know innately if something feels wrong or is not mm-hmm. right. You know, they just get that icky feeling, but they don't have the tools to then do what, you know, yes. it's like, now what? Um, but once you give kids the language and tools to tell somebody to know for if that felt weird, and I know it's wrong because my mom mm-hmm. told me that specifically is wrong. So ultimately to kind of what answer your question, I feel like these conversations are super important for parents to be having with their kids. And they're not as scary as it sounds. Right. You know, they're just simple conversations that you're having over and over again. Remember, yes. you know, nobody else can do this or don't forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and these are just drip by drip. Yes. That, that approach is, I think what makes it less intimidating for these parents that are like, I don't know what to do. Well, you take advantage of those opportunities that you, the everyday conversations, the bathtub, the apple, the pumpkin. And I love that you're still getting your point across that these are private parts, but we don't just stop at, Oh, private parts. And that's the whole area. Like you're using the terms, but you're also saying like, these are for you, your future spouse when that time comes and, and also mommy and daddy and all those things. But like, I love that you're still getting that point across that Mm -hmm. it is private 
Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times, like what Megan just said was giving them a definition of private. Like mm-hmm. sometimes with a very young child, you can say, okay, now these are private and they'll mm-hmm. go, oh, okay. What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's a big word for a little, for a child. We know what that means. But the fact that Megan just said, that means nobody touches it. No one looks at that's it. Good. No one takes a picture mm-hmm. of it. Like you give the whole, de- oh, okay. Got mm-hmm. it. Because, mm-hmm. and also that's the time where you also need to teach them about secrets. Like mm-hmm. you don't keep secrets that make you sad and, and angry. You know, if someone says, keep a secret, that's not a good thing. So you right. kind of separate the idea of secrets from surprises, oh, give them, funny. you know, and, and you watch that language carefully because if someone is abusing them, they're, they're warning them to keep this a secret Yeah, mm-hmm. and they need to know that's, that's not a, that you don't keep secrets from mommy and daddy. That's good. Solid wisdom coming from the two Absolutely. of you. Absolutely. <laughs> well, before wow. we close, we want to hear um, where people can find more of your resources. You mentioned a birds and bees course. So um, Megan, if you could share about the course and then Mary Flo, maybe share about any other resources that folks can grab. Awesome. Um, so our online course um, is about an hour, I would say 75 minutes, if you okay. will, covers our entire curriculum. Um, and we kind of have a six-step strategy. We talk about your family message, vocabulary, the story of birth, reproduction, protecting your kids against pornography. Mm-hmm. Um, another fun topic that we can save for another day. Yeah, yes. that's a big one. Yeah. The course covers it all. We have frequently asked questions we go through. We have a section on our faith. If you want to incorporate a biblical understanding of faith, all these things are in our online course. Um, and it is online at birds-bees.com. Okay. And, and um, once you purchase the course, you can watch it indefinitely. And so something that we love for parents is the first time you watch it, you take it in like where your age, where your kids are ages, like at the current time, you know, but Mm -hmm. it's you, a lot of parents will say, okay, I watched it again a year later and Mm -hmm. I just heard so many different things. Uh, I watched it once and I was like, okay, my husband's got to come sit down and watch this with me. And so Mm -hmm. once you have it, you can watch it as many times as you want. Um, so our online course is something we would love for every family to watch. I just think it really does um, just equips parents so well. Awesome. Okay. Well, we'll put that in the show notes. So birds-bees.com and it's just called online course. Yes. It's just our okay. online course. Okay. Awesome. Any other resources, um, Mary Flo that you can share? Well, I just want to add to that, that along with the course you get, um, uh, you can download a workbook which helps parents walk through all the steps and it, ah. it gives you conversation starters with each other, because this is one of those things that you kind of need to get on the same page mm-hmm. with each other to, as much as you can, but there's just a lot of really good questions for discussion between uh, spouses, or if you're a single parent between you and a, and a close friend, just like, let me hear how this sounds when I, mm. when I talk, talk to you about it. That's but really valuable. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I think it's a treasure. I mean, and the workbook is included in the course. Yes. It is. Yes. Okay. Awesome. So cool. when you get the course, you get um, a download of a workbook. So it's all digital and easy to manage. But yes. um, Megan mentioned that we also talk about pornography. And mm-hmm. I think that's such a big topic right now yeah. and something that we really need to get ahead of. And mm-hmm. so I would say another resource is Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. Yes. Excellent book. And Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Junior. Mm-hmm. Also, um, we think God Made All of Me is a good course. Yeah. 
of really book. little, yeah, it's a, a, right. Not a course, um, a book. And that's really about body safety. Mm-hmm. And because you're talking to young marrieds, you know, there are uh, other resources once they get older, but um, Stan and Brenna Jones have a series of books that are um, biblically based and they start three to five and it starts with birth okay, and then five to seven, which is conception. And then it goes from there all the way up to 13 Okay, books that you can read to your children, but they also have a lot of good tips in, you know, in the introduction for parents only. And um, obviously with images and words, you want to read them through first, see if you're comfortable with the pictures, but I, those are, those have been really good. Um, Fantastic. Absolutely. We will link all of those in the yeah. show notes as well. That last one, uh, say the names of the authors again. The authors are Stan and Brenna Jones. Okay. Although the author of the first book in the series is Carolyn Nystrom, but okay. the series is called God's Design for Sex. Okay. Perfect. All right. And Excellent. then that is so last, lastly, sorry. I don't know. Yeah, please. I mean, to interrupt, but um, we also have a podcast. It is a baby podcast, so (laughs) don't get too excited, but um, it is small, but mighty. So we have awesome now, like maybe six episodes, but birds and bees podcast, you can find us um, on iTunes and on iTunes, but um, really great. It just kind of takes most, a lot of our frequently asked questions and does a little deeper dive. You know, what do I do if my child is touching their private parts? Mm -hmm. Um, body exploration questions. We get that a lot. So we have an interview with the pediatrician. Right. Um, so we have lots. How do I talk to my kids about periods? We have lots of um, okay. hot mm-hmm. topics. On <laughs> um, cool. So podcast episode has lots more information. It's a great resource for parents to listen to. Okay. And then, um, lastly, our Instagram page really does yes. have a lot of information. So, so fabulous. Um, yes. We try to really give out as much information as we can on there too. So, and you guys are at birds and bees or is there another it's birds underscore bees. So okay. there's technically two underscores in there, but um, it looks better when you look at it than you would say birds underscore underscore. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> um, okay. But cool. Tag in the show notes and it'll, it'll for sure. we'll do that for sure. Okay. Well, uh, we like to close all of our podcasts by asking you guys this question, uh, rewinding back to your first couple years of marriage. Uh, think about the advice you wish you would have received and then fill in the blank. Dear young married couple. So we'll start with you, Megan, dear young married couple. So what I wish I would have known. <laughs> yes. Okay. And it doesn't have to be about parenting or sexuality. Just anything you want to fill in the blank. Um, dear young married couple. No one knows how to read minds. Mm-hmm. You have to date. <laughs> That's good. That so good. It's a good one. I, I think we've received that one a number of times in the hundred and something episodes we've done because it's, I think everyone resonates with that from their yeah. first year, right? Great. Can't read minds. Yes. Good. How about for you, Mary Flo? Well, I would say, dear young married couple, don't stop praying together. Hmm. Like, I think praying together as a couple um, is one of the Yes, I would say one of the most intimate things you can yes. do, but it 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 brings out um, the ability to put everything before the Lord. Mm-hmm. So I would say yes, you can't read mine, and that is that is exactly right. But I would say, don't stop praying together. Mm-hmm. So good, yes. Amen. 
Beautiful. You guys, this has been fantastic. So equipping. And that's our desires to equip these parents. So thank you so much. We We really thank you so much for your expertise and all the background and all the knowledge and wisdom. Yes. So many nuggets that yes. we can apply well, right away. On. You guys um, have an awesome platform. So we're honored to be a part of it. Yeah. And what a great audience. Yeah. Aww. Young Marys. This is exactly <laughs> our target audience. So Amen. All right. Well, thank you guys. We'll look forward to having folks dig into these resources. Yes. That's their next step. All right. Thank you. All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at Dear Young Married Couple. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week.